Welcome into the inaugural episode of Cyberly. My name is Blythe Bremleven. I'm going to be your host. This is going to be the first show, as I just said, that's going to appear on FreightWaves TV every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm sure the first question that you're probably asking yourself is, what does that phrase Cyberly even mean? And according to Urban Dictionary, it actually means to do anything through the internet. And if you have been following any kind of B2B marketing, any of the tech news that's come through on the freight space, you probably feel a little overwhelmed when it comes to all of the different things that are going on, not just in the freight space, but in the tech space and the marketing space. So this show is really going to be about breaking down each of those things, the creator economy, the attention economy, how our attention spans are evolving and what that attention is going to in order to help you better market your business in order to communicate better to your customers and hopefully get some business out of it in the future. So if you're new to me, if you're new to my career, which I imagine most of you are, my name is Blythe. I have been a business owner for about four years now, and I've been in the freight industry for more than a decade. And I got started as an executive assistant more than 10 years ago. And when I was a part-time blogger, my boss at the time found out that I was blogging on the side and creating websites. And so he said, well, why don't you do that for our company? It was a major 3PL. So I got sort of thrown in and in a trial by fire environment. And so ever since then, I have been doing logistics marketing for various companies all over the country. And so now I'm bringing that insight into more of a digital space. And if you've been following my brand, digitaldispatch.io, then you probably are already familiar with my passion around video technology, podcasting, communicating, and just figuring out where the attention is going next, especially when it comes to social media platforms. So now that we've kind of got all of that out of the way and got my intros out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about what's going to be on this show. And this particular show, this particular episode, we're going to be talking about short form video and how it's growing and how it isn't a fad. And then later on in the show, we're actually going to be speaking with a woman by the name of Shay Dixon. She is the CEO of Allegiant Logistics, and she's going to be talking about her career path, her career journey, and her path into branding and communication and why those are so vital for her business that she started last year in a pandemic. So that's going to be the show route for today. So let's go ahead and dive into the first topic, and that is short form video. And I got this stat from a Microsoft study that was just released that says our attention span is changing. In fact, this study concluded that the human attention span has dropped to eight seconds, shrinking nearly 25% in just a few years. So what does that mean for your communication, for your marketing, and especially when it comes to video-based content, which we've kind of been beaten over the head over the last few years, that you need to do more video, more video, more video. In fact, this show is originally supposed to be a podcast, but we're doing it in a video-based environment because video captures our attention. And the next phase in that is really the short form video. So according to HubSpot, the short form video is two minutes and 30 seconds in length. That's technically considered short form, but there's no universal number that everyone has agreed to. For example, short form video on Twitter can be up to two minutes, two minutes and 20 seconds. On TikTok and YouTube shorts, it's 60 seconds. And on Instagram reels, it's even shorter at 
30 seconds. And all of these platforms, and you might think to yourself like TikTok, I'm not getting on that platform. What is even YouTube shorts, Instagram reels? How does any of that play a role, especially in the business world, especially in marketing? But if you connect the dots and you notice that our attention span is shrinking, how are we going to communicate our, uh, our, our business plans, our, the problems that we solve as a business in order to attract more customers? And if our attention spans are getting shorter, your communication strategy should be changing alongside that. And so let's talk about TikTok for a minute. TikTok has an, a, a very great algorithm. It is skyrocketed in growth over the last year. They had a very strong fourth quarter growth uh, in just d- in 2020. And so are these other platforms, including Snapchat, which Snapchat has sort of risen from the dead as far as short form video is concerned. You might remember that Snapchat was almost bought out by Facebook and Instagram, but when they refused, that's when Facebook and Instagram started launching their stories features within their platforms. So for those particular platforms, if they can't buy you out, then they're just going to create and copy those same features that seem to be working so well on other platforms. The reason these big time companies are making those kinds of investments is because they see where the attention is evolving and how it's growing. And it's pretty crazy to to see some of these numbers. Snapchat posted fourth quarter revenue growth of 62%. That's the highest growth that they've had since 2017. It's also strong because Facebook and Instagram have tried to copy those features, like I said. And then YouTube Shorts is finally starting to roll out to mass audiences. If you have the YouTube app on your phone, you've probably noticed that while scrolling through videos that you want to watch, you see now a horizontal row of videos, which is sort of the traditional format of how you digest short form video. And all of these different platforms, including Instagram Reels, though I don't really count Instagram Reels as a power player yet, just because it's an attempt to copy what TikTok has been doing so well. And it's really sort of a testament to some of these different video platforms and how they're growing and how they're choosing to filter the content that the majority of us either loathe or we love. And I think for some of these platforms, especially with like a Twitter type platform, video performs okay. But then getting to the meat of it, YouTube is obviously built on on video. It's a video based platform, but then starting to integrate more of the short form video has really helped a ton. Also, especially when it comes to your marketing efforts. And if you take a step back, you can kind of filter through the noise because I'm sure it's a little overwhelming to think of all of these different social platforms and where you should be spending your time and your energy. But with these platforms, if they're investing in this technology, they're doing it for a reason. And then on the flip side, they also need creators in order to create content for those new features. So anytime a new platform debuts a new feature, it's the optimal time as a creator, as a communication strategist, in order to jump on those trends, because you they could be a trend that's just a flash in the pan, or it could be a situation where it's a long, around for a very long time, such as TikTok. TikTok debuted just a few years ago, but they have been number one in the app store as far as social media apps are concerned for the better part of the last two years. And so it proves that a lot of our attention has already shifted to these short form metrics. I just said earlier that our attention span is down to eight seconds now. And for a minimal TikTok video, it's around 15 seconds, up to a minute, but 15 seconds. 
a couple of other platforms that have also jumped in on the video bandwagon is LinkedIn, which is probably where most of you are watching the video version of this show right now. LinkedIn is another platform that has really embraced the power of direct uploading videos to their platform, not only in a clip environment, because the maximum time that you can upload a video to LinkedIn is 10 minutes. That's significantly longer than some of these other platforms. So it's not technically considered as short form video. But if you keep your if you keep a lot of your video content around three to five minutes, it still kind of falls within that window. And then LinkedIn has also recently added the ability to go live on their platform for a lot of different creators, you still have to apply in order to go live on LinkedIn. So they have a little bit more of a lengthy process before you can go live. But this is the sort of the same blueprint that some of these other platforms have been uh, that that have been going on is that with shorts in particular, especially when it comes to YouTube, they want to capitalize on that creator market with TikTok in particular, they want to capitalize on that creator market, you can go live on those platforms much easier. And they have that blueprint for success in order for you to go live. And so LinkedIn is kind of later to the game when it comes to a lot of these other platforms, but they follow in their footprints more than more than likely more times than not. Um, so you can kind of keep that terminology and you can keep that sort of mindset whenever you're watching all of these different platforms come out with new technology or new features. They're more than likely ripping off another platform that's already doing it really well. And then just keep that in mind when it comes to your strategies. Now, how you can use short form video and your digital media, there are a bunch of different ways because I'm sure that it, it probably seems a little overwhelming. But if you think about it from a distribution standpoint, if you're creating one pillar piece of content, and if you've listened to any of my shows in the past, you probably have heard me say pillar piece of content a million times, but I'm going to say it again, because pillar pieces of content are those long form pieces of content that are around 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. Um, some shows that are out there, they have two to three hour long podcasts, they have two to three hour long shows. And that can be difficult from an attention standpoint, in order to say that I'm going to invest two to three hours every single day in order to digest this content. And so that's where short form video comes into play, because you can take the best parts of that long form content, you can edit it into tiny snippets, depending on the platform that you're going to publish it to. And then you can go ahead and, and promote that pillar piece of content using that short form video. So let's run through a couple different strategies, because I think that they're really important here. So one of those strategies is to take one topic and simplify it. You don't necessarily have to have a pillar piece of content in order to do that. Think about explaining one part of your service offering, one tiny part of your service offering and how you tackle it. Think about the a, a new event that you might have coming up that you want, a, maybe it's a virtual event and you want people to take part and register. Then you could have a five little sentence video that you talk about four different things that you're going to learn in this, this upcoming event. That could be a way that you promote that type of content. And so taking one topic and simplifying it into one short form video is one way that you could do it. There's a ton of different ways, but here's a few more. So you can also show the, be the behind the scenes of how your company is tackling those problems. So think of how a customer, you're on a sales call and how a customer is coming to you with a particular problem. You could, as a salesperson, and obviously with that person's permission, 
you could record yourself, set up your cell phone and start recording your conversation. Even if you don't necessarily release the part that the customer is complaining about or, or, or has an issue with, you can still record and post your answer to that problem, omitting their, their, their personal responses from that or their personal questions that involve that. Cause it, some companies are a little particular over if they want to share that type of content with mass audiences or with your audiences. Most of the time they will say no to sharing that content, but you can always record your own reaction to that problem or your own answer to that problem and then only post that short snippet. So think about showing the behind the scenes of some of your sales calls that you have, um, some of your demo calls that you have with some of your clients. That These are all different methods of how you can use short form video, especially when it comes to the behind the scenes, how the, how the sausage is made. And so keeping that in mind, we can also recap a new show. So for example, this show, I can go back after this show is over and I can say, these are the three things that we talked about on today's show. And then in the comments, I can say, this is where you check out the rest of it. It can be a new piece of content or you can just record it really quick on the fly. And so thinking of it in that regards where you can take content that you've already created or you can create content to promote the stuff that you really want people to dive into. The point is that you're giving peace, you're giving people a little bit of a slice and then you're hoping that they want to eat the rest of the cake later on. And so just keep that in mind with a lot of your different video offerings um, from the long form content to the short form content. Now, since LinkedIn is a little bit different and it's probably the number one way to communicate, especially in a B2B environment right now, that's where I would take the lessons of. And this is personally what I do in my own content strategy is I take that I take a long form piece of content, say example for this show, and then I'm going to splice out two to five minutes of, a, of that video. And then I'm going to send that out on LinkedIn. I'm going to send it out on Twitter. I'm going to send it out to the platforms where I think it's going to make the most sense. And I think where a lot of people mess up in this regard is that they take a video and they don't properly size it for the platform that they're sending it to. So you can use different tools out there. I personally use a tool called Camtasia and it makes video editing. I was not a video editor at all a year ago, but that program has made it incredibly easy for me to edit audio, edit video, and then edit those clips. And then it helps with the overall marketing, it helps with the overall promotion. And then it helps ease the concern that people have when they see an hour long podcast, and they don't know if it's going to be worth their time. If you give them a few minutes, then they're more likely to convert and they're more likely to invest later on when they do have the time in order to listen to that particular show. So keeping all of those things in mind, I've had a couple videos, especially on TikTok, because like I mentioned earlier in the show, they're looking for creators, especially in the business space. They want that content to feed to that audience because they, they want to continue to grow. And so using that methodology, you can create one minute long clips and then bring it over to LinkedIn. And then you can increase it a little bit and have a two to five minute clip. And if you think about it from like, um, Joe Rogan, he's probably the most famous podcaster in the world. He has a two hour show nearly every day. And, and me being a big Joe Rogan fan, I'm not going to listen to two hours of his show every single day. I got things to do. And so do you. And so what he does and what he does really well is that he has all of these different clips loaded up on a separate YouTube channel. And now what's starting to happen is that he's starting to clip those down even more. He's starting to put them out 
on TikTok and all of these different platforms because they need the content. They have the viewers and they have the, the everybody using the platform, but they need to keep people on there. So use these tools to your advantage because the best creators focus on where the attention is going and they update their communication strategy along with it. Now, speaking of someone who's got a great communication strategy. Let's go ahead and bring in Shay Dixon. I am so excited to have this conversation. She is the CEO of Allegiant Logistics, and she's also a mentor for Ladies of Logistics. So let's go ahead and bring Shay in. How are you doing? I am doing so well. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Welcome to the inaugural. You are the first guest for the inaugural episode. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's going to be you because I've been listening to some of your podcasts that you've done and some of your interviews that you've done. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. So for folks who who haven't been obsessing over your your podcast appearances and following your social media, like I have, let's go ahead and go ahead and break down how you got into the crazy world of logistics. Well, first, I want to say the feeling is mutual because I watch all of your stuff as well. I am a huge fan. I love what you're doing in the content space. So uh, my name is Shaylin Dixon. I am the CEO of Allegiant Logistics. So I am operating a third-party logistics company, and we specialize in the aerospace and manufacturing sectors. So for me, I have always been a creative. I learned from several other influencers. I kind of watch people and I enjoy making video content. I've done it for clients in a consulting role. And now that I am in the logistics space, I'm like, why can't I make this fun? Why can't I connect with shippers, other brokers, other people in the industry and enjoy the process. So I've been really enjoying being on LinkedIn and using this space to share my journey as a new broker. Our experiences are so unique and I hope that I'm encouraging somebody. You absolutely are. I mean, you're you're encouraging me. So I hope that everybody else that, that's watching will feel the same way. Um, but I was listening to your interview on the Trucking for Millennials podcast, which is a great episode. If you are going, if you enjoy this episode, I imagine that you would enjoy that episode as well. Shay goes super in depth on on her business and, and just different strategies. But she, you said that you were doing consulting work for women and minority owned companies because they needed more guidance on the fundamentals. Can you elaborate yes. a little bit on what's missing between those communities that, that you hope to shed a light on? Well, I, I also think that content marketing or any type of content is it really requires a specific strategy. And no one ever taught me a strategy. So I sometimes feel in these spaces, um, we don't always invest in those things because we're trying to do the day to day, run the business, you know, learn how to handle the back office, learn how to handle the accounting portion, learn how to make sure all our legal documents are in order. So sometimes content becomes something on the back burner. And so for me, when we opened our business and we started our business, it, I knew that this was going to be the most important thing to get us visible. When you're in logistics, you have to stand out. Shippers, customers, everyone that I've met or come in contact with, it's because I've met them in a, in a different way. It was never me calling them and saying, hey, shipper, I'm Shaylin Dixon. You know, I want to move freight for you. It was always uh, them connecting with a personal story that I told, them connecting with something that I shared, a challenge or an obstacle that we found our opportunity in or in a way that I've served. So I really wanted to serve other women, especially because 
I feel like we're underrepresented and sometimes we struggle on how to fit into this space, whether it's how we show up or, um, you know, if, if we're funny or if we're formal, I know I struggled at the beginning of my journey. So mm-hmm. I made sure that I could encourage other women and kind of teach them how to show up fully, share their knowledge. Even if you're new, you have something to share. You've overcome something. You've had a challenge. And I, I really just, you know, wanted to uh, grow from there and help other people grow. And, and you make a great point because I think it, it, it's sort of similar for me. When I first got into logistics, I was like, well, it's sort of stuffy. It's, it's, it's one of those platforms where you got to keep your business side on one and then your, your, you know, your entertainment side on another. And it's a hard line between the two. So how did you, how did you balance that, that initial struggle of what kind of content and how you were going to get the name of your company out there? Cause you, you started your company in a pandemic. So everybody's home, everybody's looking for some kind of, you know, entertainment option. And you were able to provide that in a social media space. Right. So it was a struggle at first because I really didn't understand what my goal was, right? That was the biggest thing in the beginning. I was just putting out content, but I didn't have a strategy and I wasn't specific about who exactly am I talking to. So the first thing I did is just figure out a strategy. Honestly, I told my entire team, okay, what do we want to accomplish this month in our customer base, in our social media space, whether it's positioning our business, whether it's building trust, whether it's just allowing people to get to know who I am, Shaylin Dixon, as the CEO of the company, because I believe that if people can trust me, then they'll trust my brand. So I made sure that every day I posted, I had a specific audience. So when I spoke to a shipper, I spoke directly to them. Um, you saying I, you know, being direct as if I'm speaking to one person. So I was able to connect more with people in, in that uh, realm. And then with people and my peers, I wanted to come from an encouraging standpoint because there were several people like, um, you know, I, I, I won't name anybody specifically because I don't want to forget anybody, but, but you know, <laughs> there's specific people in our industry that are so inspiring and so encouraging. Like, I'll just say, Chris Jolly, I follow him all the time. I love his content. Dan Deegan, you know, um, I I really enjoy following those people. And you were one of them as well. And um, Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and just making sure that I engaged with those people. But what I noticed is that there's not much representation. Yeah, you're definitely right, because it's almost a situation where if you can take a blueprint of what somebody else is doing well, then you can kind of notice what are the questions that uh, of the, the content creators that you like, what are they covering and why and sort of try to reverse engineer of what they're doing. And then you're also checking out who's commenting on those posts, what kind of questions right. are they and what kind of questions are they asking, uh, figuring that stuff out and then adjusting your plan on the fly because we can strategize. I I think a a lot of us learned that lesson the hard way a year ago that we can strategize for a full year and then something out of our control is going to hit and it's going to, that plan is going to go right out the window. And one of the things that I I really loved about hearing your interview is that you mentioned that you have eight employees now and you invested in your processes first before you invested in technology and you figured out how technology fits into those processes, which I love because I know a lot of people out there, including myself, have probably wasted a lot of money on getting some new software. So so how did you figure out what kind of software you needed? Because I feel like that that is such an intimidating thing for a new business owner, especially in logistics, where you're trying to learn 
everything on the logistics side, the operation side, and then how technology fits into it. So what were what were the, the first few, I guess, tech investments that you made that you said, th- these are the ones that we got to have? Well, for me, I don't ever want to recreate the wheel. So I go by what other successful people have done. So even looking at like the CEO of Nike, I know that every single aspect of the business, he learned that and then made better process. So when I started off, my mind frame was, I need to do every single part of the process, make the process as efficient as possible. And what I realized is that when it came to our accounting process and when it came to our TMS system, those were the two most important parts of our technology investments. So for mm-hmm. me, I, I recognize that instead of hiring like two more dispatchers or an accountant, I made sure that I partnered with a factoring company, Axel, that handles most of my accounts receivable, accounts payable collections. So I'm uploading everything into their portal. And what people don't understand is that as a millennial, I want my job to be as easy as possible. If I can replace a person with technology, I would any day because technology 99% of the time is going to perform at a hundred percent. People don't always, right? Right. <laughs> That's just, when you're starting up, I need 100% performance. So um, it made it a lot easier for me with that. And then with my TMS system, because I didn't need to have someone uh, sending out reports, someone, you know, I can track and trace everything from one screen. And that saved me hours in the day. So I could spend more time doing other things and and seeking Hmm. out new business. And you also mentioned that the training and mentorship that you 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 yourself took part in before you ever even opened up the doors. How did you know what training and mentorship to even go after before starting a business? So I didn't know, honestly, it was trial and error. And I listened to a lot of other podcasts. I listened to a lot of people who are in the industry and the mistakes that they've made and the successes they've had. So one thing I learned is to focus on specifically what people um, can quantify, right? Um, And show you that they've actually done instead of what they say they do. So when I looked for someone specifically to mentor me, um, I had two women that mentored me. I specifically looked for people that were not just saying they could do something, but showing me and doing it in their business. And I felt like that was solid enough for me to start with learning from them. And then I made sure that I took it upon myself to continuously grow. And I continuously grow from a lot of mentors in all, I listen to podcasts all day long. I literally Same. listen to great waves <laughs> all the time, like put my coffee down. I wanted to know what's going on in the industry because no one can take that knowledge away from you. Exactly. And and so you have benefited from that mentorship role. And now you've actually signed on to become a mentor to sort of give back to the community as well. And and, and tell us a little bit about the the, the ladies of logistics and, and your new mentorship role that you have within them. Yes. Yeah, so leading ladies of logistics um, started in 2017, uh, Tristan, and then she added some partners, Samantha, Tawana, and Vanessa. So they basically realized that there wasn't a large space for women in the industry, whether you're a fleet owner or whether you have a freight brokerage or whether you're offering warehousing services. So they thought of creating a safe space for women to engage, for women to share resources, to you know, give that free game that everyone is looking for that you can't find on Google and you can't find on YouTube. You know, when you're, you have a claim and now you don't know what to do, your driver's not answering, you have no idea where your driver is, you know, being able to put that in our 
private group and be like, guys, I've never experienced this before. What do I do? So that that's really where it started with the the mentoring and they have a bro- broker portal and they do events here in Atlanta. And so it's a great way for other women to connect that are new in the industry. Absolutely. I, I started following them on all their social media accounts and, and just to see the interaction between the group, it just seems like such a great place to, to have that networking and that safe space that, that you mentioned. Now, earlier in the show, you, you, you said that you handle the content creation for the business. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration? Where do you find inspiration and how does that factor into your overall strategy? Are you posting to social media daily? Are you email marketing? Are you focusing on your website? Break that down a little bit for us. So we do everything. So honestly, when I was younger, my dad is amazing. And if you're listening, dad, I love you. But um, so, and he's a Latin teacher and he always used to say, every time I was like, dad, I'm going to do this, dad, I'm going to do that. He would be like, carpe diem. So my email signature even says carpe diem and it means seize the day. And so when I started the business, we could not afford to pay somebody two, $3,000 a month to create content for us. So I felt like I had to do what I could as the youngest person on my team, as the millennial, and as someone that understands the role of social media and content strategy and marketing. So mm. I really came from a space of I will post every day or at least try. I utilize uh, accounts as such as later or Planoly, depending on which platform it is. I will outsource my graphic design occasionally, but most of the time I make all of our content for the business page and my page in Canva. I've taken courses. I read up on it. I feel like there's, there's nothing in the content space that you can't learn. It's just having a willingness and a desire to show up. And I wanted, I wanted my brand to be trustworthy. And people trust your brand when your branding and your content strategy align so that people know my story. People know what our company um, specializes in. They know where I'm going. They know my strategy for the business, um, what our growth plan is. And it's because I've communicated that through our content strategy. So that was almost as important as our business foundation, because this is how we are positioning and publicizing our brand. I, I don't, before like doing podcast interviews or any of that, that's all I had to do, you know? So that, that's fun. That's um, that, that's super insightful because you mentioned a few, a few tools in there that that I've used on the regular. So I think it's knowing and, and, and spreading awareness of how much time commitment goes into it and, and how sometimes we don't really know if a post is going to perform well. We just kind of hit post and, and just hope for the best. So with you, with that in mind, do you have a favorite platform that you like to participate in? So I love Instagram because it... Hmm. I am like myself. I I love TikTok too, but I love Reels because, you know, of course the visibility. So mm-hmm. I love that because my friends are there. So people in the industry, so it's it's enjoyable. However, for my business, LinkedIn is the best place. I tell everyone, I literally, when you talk about like spending time creating content and not knowing how it's going to perform, I've spent hours on some content and then it just, I got like two legs. And then I recorded a nine second video in a warehouse. And it was, all I said is happy Friday, have an awesome day. And it, it's still, people still view it now. And it's like months <laughs> later, I got customers from that one video. And oh, wow. I didn't, there was no planning in it. I was like, 
okay, so now I'm learning to plan content, but also do some of my content off of the cuff um, to see how that'll perform as well. So it's trial and error. It really is because it, you brought up a great point. There, there are so many times when I have sat through and I have strategically planned out a week's worth of content and what I'm going to record and I'm going to hit post and I'm going to post it at this time of the day because that's when my audience is most active. That's what the tools tell me. And then it falls flat. Or you, you do something like uh, post a meme to LinkedIn, falls flat. But a, a yeah. short form video that goes up to TikTok, that is a, an office tool that I like to use, ends up getting a, you know, a half a million views on it. And I'm like, how does this even make sense? <laughs> so I it's one of those know. things uh, with content. It's like not to think, think about your strategy, but don't put all your eggs in one basket with that one strategy. Do you know of like a, a marketing or digital media strategy that you want to learn more about that you don't know yet? So I do not do a lot of video content. Um, I, definitely nothing that's long form. Everything I do is short form because people's attention span is short. So anything over 15 seconds, normally I'm scrolling past. So yep. <laughs> I try to do like short content and you have to catch me on like the first 15 seconds. Like I need it to be like, so I haven't done anything longer, but I would like to learn how to because I've learned a lot over the last few months and I want to be able to share it, but I want it to captivate people, right? I don't mm -hmm. want it to fall flat or for people to be bored. And I think that that's the hardest part going from doing that short content to doing longer content or like, even like you're doing hosting a show, right? That's, you have to All practice. have longevity <laughs> <laughs> and build, yes. I, and I, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get more practice in, in that area, in that space so I can show up more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you, you have the the knowledge and the experience being a CEO of, of a fast growing company. So, so tell us a little bit more about your your company and what you specialize in. So we specialize in the transportation of high cargo value uh, products, whether it's in the aerospace industry or whether it's in the manufacturing sector. So we just basically have expanded over time. Um, we do provide three third party solutions. So whether it's helping uh, shippers source carriers or whether it's helping them with their process internally, um, I am a problem solver and so is my team. So that's where we've kind of found our niche. You know, Georgia's, uh, we have Robbins Air Force Base, which is one of the three uh, U.S. Air Force Air Logistics Centers in the U.S. And there's over 500 companies here in Georgia that specialize in all facets and the aerospace industry. So when we first started, I was like, we love airplanes and I will tell everybody that I'm going to own a private jet. So I'm nice. highly interested <laughs> in them like people are with cars. I love airplanes and I love flying and traveling on airplanes. So researching about it, learning about the industry has made it, you know, it's, it's not work for us because we enjoy it. So, you know, when I'm talking to my customers about thrust reversers, other people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> we'll get the fan cow moved and it'll all be good. And it's because I enjoy it and I like it. And um, there's not a lot of people like me in the in, in this industry. So I try to bring a little bit of a different um, skill set or creativity or um, innovation. Uh, and it's exciting to me. So you launch a business in a pandemic, you're going after an industry that maybe not a lot of folks know about. How did you land your, your first customer, your, your, your first client to do business with you? A Facebook post. So nice. I am bold in uh, 
selling, talking about my business, talking about what I'm passionate about, talking about my goals. And I think that over the years, myself, uh, my business partner, Tease, and then our CFO, Larry, and our director of operations, Demetrius, I think that the four of us, we've built so many relationships. So when we first started, we were telling everyone, listen, I've supported all of you and everything you've ever done. We have a logistics company. I need you to tap into your sphere of influence. I would like an opportunity. You know, we're a minority woman owned company. So sometimes there's some barriers for us to get in with shippers. So I always say, hey, can you introduce me to someone? Do you know anyone? And someone on my Facebook um, reached out and connected us with an aerospace company. And we had our grand opening on October 2nd and on Monday, October 5th. The customer asked us, could we um, start doing work for them in spot lanes? So the relationship started and we've been able to keep that ever since. So uh, it was really literally, as I tell my team, I sh- uh, I always shoot my shot. Like um, <laughs> every chance I get, I'm like, hey, any aerospace companies listening, I would love to serve you. I do it every, every place I'm at, anywhere. I'm in the grocery store and I hear someone talking about manufacturing. I'm like, hey, I have a logistics company. <laughs> I would love to serve you. And they're always looking at me like, okay, um, but it's worked for us. And that's how we got our first customer. Facebook. That's awesome. So a, a few days later, you, you have your first customer right after opening the doors. I imagine that was such an exciting and sort of like a, a, a sigh of relief almost too, because months and months of planning went into this before you opened up the doors. Is that correct? It so many months, like since March, we've been planning. We filed for the business in June. And then we waited to have our grand opening after we got our authority. But what we did that was a little bit different is that I told our story every step of the way from the very beginning when we were like, Mm. we have an idea, you know, we have an idea, this crazy idea. And then we talked about more and we talked about finding our office space. And I, I shared a lot on my Instagram and on my Facebook so that people could see behind the scenes, the challenges of finding the, the right office space where we could host clients, but it would be fiscally responsible and, you know, making sure that we had all of our ducks in the rows and, you know, different challenges that we overcame along the way. I shared that publicly on social media. And so when people were already invested into our journey, before we even had our grand opening. They had mm. been watching us and seeing how we were going to. So I made sure that a part of my strategy was positioning our business so that people in our community and people around us felt like they were a part of the start of it. And so they were they bought into the success of our business and made sure they did whatever they could to push us forward. I love that. And and it's such a good case of of how Sometimes the ROI doesn't ma- doesn't uh, show up in an analytics report, but for a lot of people, it, the ROI and and analytics reports are important. Do you do you follow any kind of you know maybe Google Analytics or or um, any other kind of measurement tool in order to see I guess the the quote unquote true success of your your social media posts? So Google is number one. I even share posts on Google, and a lot of people don't understand. They're like, "Why would I post on Google?" I'm like, "Because." It's free marketing. People search everything on Google. So if I'm putting out content, the same content that I'm sharing on other platforms, I repurpose that on Google. And those analytics are through the roof. That also helps with my website. My website, I'll I'll see when I do shows like this or different things, different platforms, podcasts, I'll see a spike and an increase in the insights on my website. And that's why I love Wix because on the back end, I can see how many people are, are coming to the site. 
or from an email marketing standpoint, when I send out a campaign, I can see who opened the campaign, how many people, you know, clicked through to schedule a call, how many people were interested. And then I know to pitch them a little bit differently and kind of court them a little bit differently, whether on LinkedIn or Instagram. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because I had also heard you say that you're you're the millennial of the executive team and everybody else kind of had a different version of uh, how we're going to launch this business. I think you mentioned that they were going to send out flyers and you said, no, we're, got, we're not going to do that. At all. And I think that there's an age difference. So I tell people all the time, being a, I love being a millennial. Um, there's a challenge and a power struggle sometimes when it comes to our content strategies, but they support me. Right. And then I listen to them when they're talking about, you know, maybe we shouldn't do, you know, spend this amount on branding photos. Maybe we should put the budget at, you know, this amount. So it's a give and take, but it, we really have found balance with that. Even with professional photos, they were like, we don't need this. I'm like, yes, we do. We need professional photos. I created our website, but I wanted it a specific way. So there were certain things that I felt were important. Um, investing in 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 the beginning for our branding, you know, whether it's our logo or, or whatever, and and they were like, okay, well, we're trusting you, you know. I feel like there's some skepticism in the logistics space about the return on investment because sometimes it's not a dollar amount, right? It's positioning, and if I'm positioned in a place where a customer can see me or a shipper can find me, then now we've created more opportunity. And sometimes people don't necessarily agree with that, but it's true. How have my you, and, and I think, you know, obviously you, you started making the media round. So you're starting to get that attention that that legwork is starting to pay off. And so how yeah. do you, I, I guess you, you mentioned that your communication strategies have changed from uh, a millennial to a non-millennial. How does your communication strategy change in an online environment, uh, you know, from a LinkedIn to an Instagram? I imagine, you know, LinkedIn probably is a little bit more um, polished, whereas like Instagram, you can be a little bit more casual. Is that is that a fair statement? Definitely. LinkedIn is super polished. I'm always going to represent my brand. I still stay true to myself, um, but I make sure that I'm, you know, I don't, I don't use slang. It's not relatable because my friends are not on LinkedIn. I'm here to connect in a professional environment. And I want under pe uh, people to understand who I am as a professional. Now, if you want to get to know who I am more as a person, Instagram is a great place because I'm going to, I tell everyone I should have been like a comedian slash singer, except for I don't have a singing voice. And <laughs> LinkedIn is my, um, Instagram is my place to showcase that, you know, hmm. my more creative side. And so Instagram has always been a little tricky for me. So maybe you, you can you can educate me on on what I should be doing because I feel like I'm I'm doing all the wrong things on Instagram. I'm I'm losing followers. I'm not getting that good engagement. Am I overthinking it, or or maybe I should switch it up and try something new? So it's actually great when you lose followers because when you lose followers, that lets you know that your target audience is still there. So when I lose followers, I look at it as a great thing because I'm losing people who are not interested in my entrepreneurial journey. I'm mm. losing people that are not interested in me empowering women. And I'm losing people that are not interested in the logistics space. So those aren't the people that I want anyways. And from a brand partnership uh, standpoint, what I've found now that I'm starting to negotiate brand, I'm like, I'm negotiating brand partnerships. This is awesome. <laughs> so now that I'm doing that, I'm realizing that those those analytics, like, you know, your uh, amount of your percentage of engagement and how many people are engaging with your content, they're basing it off of how many followers you have. 
So I, for me, I have 2,400 solid followers, which is better than 10,000 followers where maybe only less than 1% engage, you know, having 5% of my audience engage at at 2,500 followers is more viable and more of a, a opportunity for a brand. So I look at it as a positive. So don't overthink it. Also, I've learned to connect with people as if every time I put out content, I act as if I'm talking to my best friend, someone that I've known my entire life and I speak directly to her. And so every time I make a post, even if it's a professional post, it's inspiring. I give that personal one-on-one conversation feel to all of the content that I put out. And I find that that has a lot better engagement than just kind of like an open, um, an open, uh, you know, format such as LinkedIn, you know, how we do on LinkedIn. So does your strategy change at all from like a personal profile to your business profile? Most certainly. So on the business profile, we sometimes share ourselves or I'll share if I'm like on a podcast, but we do try to keep it specific to our business, our journey as a whole and our employees. From the personal side, I'm always trying to encourage people. I'm talking about my own personal journey. You know, I'm adopted and I have like this entire journey that I've been through as someone who's been adopted. And so I connect with people in a a personal, emotional level where I don't necessarily do that on LinkedIn. Um, So I find that Instagram is a a better place to connect with someone from your personal side and and, and personal brand and then get them to follow Allegiant Logistics. (laughs) Right. It's a a double-edged sword, I guess, trying to balance or trying to walk that line of of having the personal account and how much do you share personally on the business account. So I I love that advice. And I'm I'm definitely going to take that to heart because I feel like Instagram is just there's so many users there. And so I almost worry that I'm I'm overextending myself by being on too many platforms at once. Do, do you feel ever like you're, you're spread too thin or, or, or you focus solely on, you know, Instagram and LinkedIn? I focus solely on Instagram and LinkedIn. I occasionally share to Facebook, but Facebook mm-hmm. is where my family and my cousins and, you know, um, most of the time I'm just uh, reposting content as I feel like that's necessary on Facebook. Facebook, besides that first customer, we don't see much engagement from. So we mm-hmm. really focus on LinkedIn and Instagram because the ROI has been tremendous. Instagram for me is where I source 90% of my carriers because oh, wow. I can send them a funny video. I can comment. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're always on time. And then I'm inboxing them like, listen, I wish I had drivers like you on my team. Here's my carry packet. Fill it out. Let's get moving. And that's how I'm able to connect with them on like uh, the, the DAT sometimes can be like scammy when it comes to relationships. I mm. feel um, it's very hard to connect with someone that you just meet off the DAT. I will say I've, I've met amazing carriers off of there, but for the most part, we source through Instagram because the drivers mm-hmm. are on there. They're sharing their experiences. And I tell everyone, take 30 minutes a day and search the uh, truck drivers of Instagram, flatbed drivers of Instagram. There's so many hashtags, search them, see the people who are creating content in that space and then connect with them. Hey, where are your trucks at? Oh, you have a fleet, 20 trucks. Awesome. I definitely need to connect with you. And it's more organic. So oh, that's, that's amazing. For us. And so uh, as someone who loads 
cold calling. I heard you mention that you don't want to make cold calls. Would you say that that like an Instagram DM has replaced the cold calling for you? Definitely. I send messages on LinkedIn and Instagram. So hmm. I don't only just, I make sure I'm sending a voice message because I want them to hear my voice. I want them hmm. to hear the sincerity in my voice. Listen, I'm a newer broker We've opened this new division. We've been in business for a long time, but this is a new division. I'd like an opportunity. Give me a shot. I can get it done. And when they hear my voice, they're like, wow, first of all, I didn't know you could send voice messages on here. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know that either. Something new. <laughs> and then, and then I'll follow up with the video so they can see me. And I'll be like, yes, you learned something new. My name's Shaylin Dixon. Then I'll, you know, plug my business and what we can do and send my capability statement. But I'm able to at least like, slide into their DMs or slide into their Instagram um, box without being spammy because that happens to me all day. People inbox me. I probably get a hundred messages. Hey, I have new freight technology. Hey, I'm not going to keep inboxing you if you don't. I'm like, whoa, mad aggressive. <laughs> you don't have to be like that. <laughs> you literally can just like come at somebody like they're your friend or there's somebody that you just want to get to know, right? Court me you know, get to know me first before you right. just like shove a surface down, you know, just, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Shaylin Dixon and, you know, thank you. On LinkedIn, I am not as much with the, hey, you know, awesome job, love your content. I'm sharing articles that are related mm -hmm. to their company. So when I identify um, any type of aerospace company, I will connect with their employees. And then as their employees are mentioned, as their companies are doing specific things. I then share them in their inbox and say, this is awesome. I want customers who are doing this for their employees. I would love the opportunity to join you and partner with you as your transportation provider. And that tends to one, give them free content to share about their business. So they are, they're like, thanks, I'm about to, I'm going to repost this. I'm like, awesome. And then two, I'm providing value. So I'm not just asking for something in return. I'm, I'm giving them, uh, you know, a, a, a congratulations or a thanks and then giving them something in return. So that helps. So as someone, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're super experienced, especially when it comes to social selling, because, because it sounds like how you've gotten the, the majority of your initial customers. And so knowing all of the the training and the mentorship and and everything that went into opening a business if if somebody is thinking out there that they want to start maybe up their 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 own agency or their own uh trucking business what's the number one piece of advice that you would give to them the number one piece of advice i would say is research and don't just research filing your llc and getting a dmb number research the industry research whatever niche you're going to be in Research whatever services you're going to provide. Pick a lane and stay in it, literally, figuratively and literally. <laughs> stay in your lane. And when you do that, it's so much easier to learn more and be able to provide value to customers. So many times I see new brokers or new logistics providers. They're like, I offer everything. I do reefers, dry-ins, flatbed, everything. Oversized, hazmat. You know, <laughs> they're, they're not really sticking specific. So it's hard for them to connect with their ideal customer. And so I say research and get really clear about what your business is going to do and who your business is essentially at the core. So so with with launching the new business and and you've been operating in, in operation since October. So what is next for you guys especially in 2021 and beyond? So for us, we are just expanding. Our goal is to 
add more people to our team, uh, make more of an impact within our community. Um, and we are hoping to get a lot more assets of our own. So we're working towards that. We are very um, systems oriented. So we mm. are just making sure that we're serving the customers that we have and being prepared to scale, right? I'm planning to be that billion dollar company and making sure that we're in position to be able to handle the freight and the responsibility that comes along with it. That's amazing. Now on, on a personal note, what, what's next for you? What, what more do you want to learn from the industry and, and, and uh, maybe outside of the industry? So I definitely want to learn how to uh, operate in this space more from a car content marketing strategy. I really enjoy being a logistics influencer, as they say we are now. Um, and I hope that one day I can have my own show. I love that. I would love the opportunity to do exactly what you do, right? Interview people and allow people to come and have their voices heard and share really important knowledge with everyone else. And I think as I scale my business, I'm interested in learning how other people have scaled their businesses, right? There's no need to recreate the wheel. So I'm hoping that a show is in my future. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's going to be. So as if people want to follow along your journey and, and, and know about your future show that's coming down the pipeline, where can they find more, more of your work? So you can connect with me on all social media platforms at Shaylin Dixon. You can also connect with the business Allegiant Logistics on all social media platforms. So I definitely have really, really enjoyed talking with you today, Blythe. Like, Thank I, you so much for coming on. <laughs> I, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. So, no, I mean, you, you taught me new stuff today. I guess I got to get more involved with Instagram because I, I've been hating on the platform for the better part of a year. But I think that's just my TikTok elitism coming through. Yeah. Listen, I love TikTok, but I feel the same way that you feel about Instagram towards TikTok. There's so many people in the space, and I put videos on there, and I don't. I don't get much back. So I never, I'm not a TikToker. I'll go on to like record fun TikToks, but then most of the time I'll remove the logo and put them on Instagram. So <laughs> I do the same thing. I just, we just flip flop it. So maybe we can share some strategies after this is over. And so I'll help you with TikTok. You help me with Instagram and then, and then we can grow together. <laughs> I would love that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Shay. It, it was awesome to have you on. And, and uh, I speak for a lot of people when I say that I look forward to watching your career journey. Thank you again. And everyone who's watching, thank you for listening. Awesome. Well, if you want to find more of Shay's work, I will link to those in all of the show notes. Be on the lookout for a lot of that promo after this show is completed. And I'm sure you'll you'll love following her as much as I do. And so coming into sort of the closing part of the show, let's go ahead and break down a couple more of those big stories and those big takeaways that we learned during this program. And that's the growth of short-term video or short-form video and, and knowing what goes on behind the scenes for some of your favorite creators. It's not a situation where you can just sit back and, and just expect something to grow without putting a lot of effort into it. I think some of the things that, that, stood, that stood out the most to me with Shay's interview is that she focuses on one or two platforms and that's where she puts a lot of her time and attention. I think too many times there are so many of us that will look towards other programming and see businesses that are seemingly everywhere. And what you don't see is that they have a team of people behind them in order to make that happen. And so just know that if you can do a couple different programmings really, really well, or a couple different platforms really well, 
you can then drive that audience into those other new platforms that you choose to take part in. So using Shay as an example, if she's growing really well on Instagram and it's really working for her, double down on it. Keep doing it more often. If LinkedIn is working really well for you, double down on it and start to experiment with some of these newer features that come from these platforms. Because like I said earlier in the show, these platforms are looking for early adopters to different features that they're releasing. So LinkedIn Stories is one of those newer features that have come out. Your placement on that top bar within the LinkedIn app of your stories is going to be directly tied to the amount of engagement that your posts get. So if you're paying attention to what's working well for you and who consistently is showing up in that top bar for you, then you can take notes from those different creators and apply that to your own business in order to make sure that, you, that you're staying ahead of the game. Because short form video is not going anywhere. It's going to continue growing, but you can use these things in a matter of, of how it's going to help your business in the long run and funnel that traffic into ways that make sense for your business. Shay mentioned that LinkedIn direct messaging doesn't really work for her, but Instagram messaging is working really, really well for her. So a, a good ethos of this show is, is really going after the different creators, seeing what works well for them. So you can take that advice and you can apply it to your own business. And a part of that strategy is also taking your questions and answering your questions. That's going to be a future part of this show. But since I'm a solo host, it's a little difficult to check all of these different social media platforms in order to see the questions that you're asking. So if you have those questions, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram because I'll be checking it more often now or on LinkedIn. Shoot me those questions and I'll try to include it in a future show and try to get them answered. This would usually be the time that I would answer them but I'm only one woman. I can't go through all the LinkedIn comments because that would be really boring for you to sit here and for you to watch through. So let's stay, let's mark this on the calendar. Send me a DM, shoot me an email, shoot me a message. Let me know what digital marketing questions and technology questions that you have, and I'll cover them on a future show. So now that we got that out of, out of the way, I want to make sure that I think everyone for tuning into this inaugural show. If you have a topic idea that you want to discuss or a person that would fit this show really well, like a Shay, hit me up, shoot me a message and let me know why they would make a good fit because then we can include them in the future programming as well. So until next week, we have, we'll be back Thursdays, 2 p.m. There are going to be a ton of more programming, a ton of more shows that you can watch here right on Freight Waves TV. So make sure that you're tuning in and you are not going anywhere. But um, until next week, until next Thursday, thank you for tuning in for the first show and we will see you next.